Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. Today is all about personal empowerment. I am super excited. We've got a guest named Bree Seely. She is a catalyst, speaker, and author. She's also a regular contributor for the Huffington Post and is known by many for her out-of-the-box guidance and her tell-it-like-it-is approach that creates creates massive and epic changes in everyone that she encounters. We're going to be talking about taking risks, the importance of having a daily practice, what it takes to really live your inner vision. Now, Bree's got a book, a podcast, and a six-month training. Permission to Leap is going to guide you through the process of leaping from the day you commit to the day you land softly on the other side. Bree's been all over the place. She's been on NBC's The Today Show, Forbes, Inc., Medium, PBS, Free Enterprise. She also received the Outstanding Small Business Award from the LA Mayor's Office and the Small Business Development Center in 2016. And I can't wait to meet her in person since we both live in the big bad city of LA. You can go to her website, breeseely.com. The link is in the show notes. Welcome, Bree. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad to have you. It's so cool how we connected. It's like we're in the same city, but we never would have met if it weren't for the internet. Totally. Yeah, I think. Right. I told yeah I I think I found you on Facebook or like we connected through a mutual yeah or it was Instagram I think through I think it was Nicole Holland maybe possibly it's yeah. so I meet so many amazing people and uh, it's always a treat when we're yes. in the city. Isn't it? I love it. Well, I want you to share your story with all of us, you know, your journey, your personal journey towards be- becoming an amazing coach and author doing all of these great things that you do today. Yeah, so my entrepreneurial journey started about 10 years ago when I was I had just come back from living overseas. I'd gotten my master's degree in Florence, Italy and was back in the states living in a small town in Washington and ended up getting a day job because I was living in the small city, I'd started dating someone and didn't have access to pursue fashion, which is what my, both my degrees are in fashion design and just didn't have the opportunity to do it in the small town. So I was like, awesome, well, I'll get this day job so I can pay my bills and I'll just do fashion on the side and it'll be fantastic and that'll pacify you know, all of my needs and it'll be great. Um, and then little by little, year after year, the business really started growing. So I started doing flower girl dresses and bridesmaids dresses. And by the time I closed that business down, I was in apparel news and women's wear daily. And I dressed Tony Braxton and was on LA fashion week and like all what? these other things. Yeah. So you went from starting a small side business. I thought you were going to go down this path of, of telling us this story that like you just had this you know, dream that was never achieved because you were stuck in this small town where there was no opportunity. That was what I was expecting to hear. I kind of had to make my own opportunity. I just spoke at a college. I spoke at Woodbury College yesterday and one of the kids was like, you know, when you're in a place where you don't have opportunities, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And I mean, exactly like you and I met, you make your opportunities. And so even Put yourself out there. Yeah, I didn't have the opportunity to be doing fashion shows in Olympia, Washington, but I started networking and communicating with people in the fashion industry in Seattle and Portland. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to Magic, which is like the biggest yes. trade show, right? And that's Huge. where I met the director of Phoenix Fashion Week. And 
they're the ones that trusted me enough to enroll me in their emerging designer program, which I won. Then I got picked up by Zappos. Then I got invited to LA Fashion Week. And like, I made it happen because I wanted it so badly. That's so amazing. What brought you to the point where you wanted to share all of this with other people and help them do that too? So what really happened was I started to become massively disenfranchised with the fashion industry, Um, which is, it's a difficult industry. It really is. It's, there's a lot of, it's, it's, it's a pretty toxic industry. And sounds like the music industry and the entertainment industry and, (laughs) and, and, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was loving the people that I was working with, but the industry itself was so hard and I just felt like I was beating my head against a brick wall Mm -hmm. every day. And I totally lost my passion. I mean, so I'd been, I've been sewing since I was like five years old. Wow. All of my patterns that I have are my grandmother's from the 50s. The oh, cool. The on is like a 1920s singer. Like I am into the actual art and craft of fashion, right? Wow, like, that's I'm not cool. in it to sell $10 t-shirts that were right. manufactured by. And so I, I just got really, really disenfranchised and realized that the reasons that I had gotten into it were no longer present for me mm. in, my life, in my business. And so I was meditating one day, it was spring equinox 2015. And Mm -hmm. I was having this really like long, intense guided meditation with a friend and got this really clear, what are you doing? Seriously, just stop. Like fashion is not it. You need to walk away. And I was like, whoa. Wait, can you take me through this guided meditation? (laughs) (laughs) Because I need to know what I'm doing too. A girlfriend of mine used to do them and she stopped doing them. I was actually just looking her up the other day being like, what happened to these? Because they were yeah. amazing. Bring her back. I know. Because um, <laughs> that's amazing. You had like a huge epiphany. And it was so big and it was so clear and it was so loud. That was on a Saturday. The following Tuesday, I launched my new collection online. And Wednesday, I announced I was shutting my brand down. Whoa. So over a course of five days, I was just like, all right. So this is big, though. Not, most people don't make a big sweeping change that quickly, especially. So what prompted you to just really, seriously, just throw it all to the side that fast? Well, one, what it's like the message I got wasn't new. I mean, it was mm-hmm. something that I had known. And, and usually we get these. We get them in whispers, right? They come yeah. softly first. And I knew that. I knew that I didn't want to be in fashion anymore. But I was like, well, I'm already here, so I guess I'll just stay here. And the second that I heard it, you know, and also to be fair, for, at that point, I, I had been doing meditation for a good like six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And so when I receive such clear and powerful messages through meditation that's like out of the norm, yeah, I just innately trust and follow those, mm-hmm. which is how, and I'll, you know, tell you about this a little later. That's how I got to writing a book this year. I was in that's meditation awesome. in January and got this really clear, you're writing a book this year and you're leaving LA for two weeks in June to write it. And I was like, I am. Wow. Okay. So your guides are really talking to you because I don't, I don't get that. I, they come about once a year. Like that yeah. was, so that was the major one in 2015. I had another major one in 2016. I had the major one in 2017. Um, and those are kind of like the big markers for me and mm. the big like slaps upside the head. That's awesome. Um, so for and the I've people learn to listen to those. That's amazing. Um, so for the people out there listening who don't, maybe they don't meditate or they don't have a connection to their own inner self in this way to really under like 
follow messages of where they're being led down their path, right? If they don't have that or they don't know how to access that, how do you work with them to do such a thing? So I always say start small. Like I, right now, I have a three-hour daily practice that I I have. Three hours of meditation? It's not full meditation. It's it's a combination of like, I usually, I'll take like a two-mile walk around Echo Park Lake Mm. or I'll do... Um, you know, suspended yoga in my house. I'll make myself tea Ooh. and breakfast and like, you know, read a I'm little. I'm totally time. coming to visit you. <laughs> <laughs> you can join me at Echo Park Lake anymore. That would be great. Like 7 a.m. I love um, it. But yeah, so I have, I just have this beautiful routine of being with myself every day. And I don't, I don't recommend people start with three hours. Like this is years and years of right. cultivation. If you can only, a lot of my clients only start with like six minutes. Mm-hmm. And if six minutes is all you can squeeze in to have that space and time with yourself every day, then do it. Mm-hmm. And is the the point behind it to kind of get centered and to give yourself that calm, clear space so that you can think logically and rationally about what's next for you that day or what? Totally. Yeah. It's it's my time. You know, I, I live straddling two worlds. I live in the physical world, which is the one that, you know, we see outside of us that we can touch and you know, experience with all of our senses. And Mm -hmm. then I also live very much in the spiritual world, which is all of the stuff you can't see. It's the intuition. It's the sensations. It's the feelings. It's the whispers. It's um, faith. It's trust. It's all of the things that we can't touch, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that time every morning is my time to just kind of get out of the physical world. And because we use that so much to control like, oh, my physical environment is saying this, that means this about me or who right. I am or that. And, and the equation needs to go in the opposite direction. Your inner world is what defines your outer world. Mm-hmm. But if you're constantly using your outer world to define your inner world, then you're going to be continuing to create the same stuff in your outer world. Right. If Which is wanna- why rich people aren't always happy. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people think that if you reach great financial success that you'll automatically be happy. That's not true. It's not true at all. And and even things like, you know, people strive for stuff all the time and they get there and they're like, oh, nothing changed. Like, I don't feel any different. Yeah. Well, your external world, like your physical world is always temporary. Anything in your physical world is always temporary. The only thing that will ever be 100% permanent and consistent through your entire life is you. So if you can develop and cultivate a relationship with you, with your intuition, with, you know, if you believe in a higher power, any of that stuff, that's where the power lies. That's what's really going to like help you shift into the next iteration or the next level of whatever it is Mm -hmm. you want. And that's Mm -hmm. what impacts directly your physical world. So how do you help people get to that point? Because it's one thing to talk about it as a concept, right? And to be yeah. like, okay, so let's let's go inside ourselves. But then it's another thing to actually apply it because, you know, life happens. And so yeah. there's, there's this stressor and that stressor. And especially for people out there listening who have like school or kids or, you know, whatever they have to deal with, um, you can easily be distracted off of this kind of focus. So how do you work with your clients to really make this a habit or make it a real practice like you have. Yeah. Habit building is like the least sexy thing in the world. I, <laughs> I know, right? My clients, I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wish I could tell you it was going to be rainbows and unicorns. And it's just 
not. It uh, will be at the end, though, at the end. No, eventually, <laughs> someday, maybe. We yeah. Get there. Um, no, I mean, it's really, um, it is really about making it non-negotiable. So you have to know yourself well enough to know what's going to work and what's not going to work. So like for me, things like putting it in my calendar. I am so like, I'm, if it's in my calendar, it is happening. Mm-hmm. And so I like that too. stuff in meditations, walks, like everything. I yes. go through my calendar every week and I'm like, okay, these are the three days this week that I can commit to going to Echo Park Lake. I'm going to mm-hmm. put that in my calendar now. So I know. Yeah. Because if you're not, if you're not committing to it at some level, of course you're not going to do it. Right. So whether that looks like an alarm on your phone, you know, a note in your calendar, whatever that looks like. But Uh, And I write about this in my book too. People say that habit creation takes 21 days. Mm -hmm. So what they've done studies, it takes 21 days to build a habit like drinking an extra cup of water every day. Mm -hmm. If you're building habits that are like getting you out of your comfort zone and changing your like personal growth and stuff like that, it takes a lot longer than 21 days. Right. You have to find a way for like, I would say a good 90 days at least. Yeah. To make this a non-negotiable and just build it into your life and then it will become a normal right. thing. Well, like for me, if we're talking dating, it's taken me years <laughs> to like figure out these things. And I keep, you know, having the same patterns over and over and making the same mistakes. So I think, you know, that's the same kind of thing that people experience too if they're trying to make healthy changes with their diet. You know, it's like you yeah. keep falling off the wagon kind of thing. Um, so it really is a, a commitment. You have to have that mindset and you have to be ready, I would imagine too. Yeah. When I, so what got me started on my morning routine is this great book by a friend of mine named The Miracle Morning. And I got that book in January and I actually interviewed Hal for my podcast just a few Mm. months later and was like, Hal, I can't get started. Like, I just, I don't know what's going on. I can't get started. And, And part of me knew that the story I was telling myself was that the second that I started that morning routine, that everything in my life was going to (laughs) change. The resistance, the exactly. Yeah. And because my brain was like, Oh, that's dangerous. Like that's going to change everything. I would sleep in an extra three minutes and be like, well, can't do the full hour. Guess I won't do it at all. (laughs) It's so funny. I asked him about it and he was like, Brie, you just got to get over that shit. Yeah. You just got to find a way to get started. And so I write about this in my book too, is that like, it just started with one morning, me committing to one meditation and the next morning waking up and being like, all right, 10 minutes, I'm going to meditate. Mm-hmm. That building it. up, building yeah. into it, you know, or it's kind of like, you know, some people can think about it too in the opposite way, like qu- quitting smoking, you got to wean off. Well, you got to wean on, yep. <laughs> totally. right? It's the same thing with dating too. Like I've been resisting dating certain people if there are certain things that that will stop me from trying where it's like, okay, because I know that it's going to, it would affect my life in right. some way. So it is about getting over these fears, just getting over it. You know. Yeah. And really just like whatever you need to, you know, if you can full on commit and be like, I'm going to start tomorrow with an hour and just do it. Great. Do that. Yeah. And if you know that that's not you, like you have to know what works for you. Well, right. Exactly. Exactly. If you, if you just need to do a, a five minute meditation, then do that. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, whatever it looks like. And everyone always wants to know like exactly what's involved in my morning routine. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's yours. Yeah. What matters is what is involved in your morning routine. Mm -hmm. So if, if you can't sit still and meditate, awesome. 
go for a walking meditation, go for a run. A lot of people get into meditative states when they're running. I do. It's awesome. I can't run. I literally can't breathe when I run. It's a problem. It's been a problem since I was a kid. Mm. And so like, I don't run because that doesn't work for me. So you kind of have to like trial and error it to figure out what feels good and how you best connect with that inner landscape. Mm -hmm. And you're able to kind of like get out of the physical world for, you know, if you can do six minutes, great. If you can do an hour, great. Whatever that Mm -hmm. looks like. I love all of this stuff. And I would imagine that it's all part of your new book, Permission to Leap. Tell us more. Yeah. So this is a lot of the like foundational stuff that that really gets people ready to take that leap of faith. And um, I do talk a lot about the spiritual world versus the physical world and how, you know, everyone always wants the proof of their leap in the physical world before they Mm. commit. And I'm like, the equation doesn't go in that direction. (laughs) Uh, You have to commit and then you start getting proof. Uh, but so the whole first part is, is kind of like preps, like setup stuff of the, the morning routine, the spiritual world, the physical world, comfort zones, stuff like that, a little bit of the psychology behind it all. And then the second half of the book is the, I, I've studied my leaps over the last two decades. I've studied other people's experiences of skydiving. I've studied other people's leaps of faith and found some really key consistent phases that everyone goes through during the process. And so I kind of just lay it all out of like from the day you commit to your leap to the day that like you implement a feedback. Tell me about this, how this relates to skydiving. That is fascinating to me. It's true. So everyone thinks that like you go to, you know, you say yes to your leap and all of a sudden you're like leaping, right? And I'm like, no, the first four. No, you crap your pants. Well, that too. And you say, I don't know if I could do this. The first four phases of any leap are inner inner work. They're Mm -hmm. all, it's all inner work. And I'm like, you, when you commit to skydiving, you don't just end up in a plane, right? Right, right. You, You think about it. You say, okay, I'm doing this. You know, you maybe call, you take a little bit of action. You get over all the fears, all the anxiety, all the stuff. You visualize yourself doing it. You think about it a whole lot. You usually have a moment right beforehand where you're like, just kidding. I'm out. I'm not doing this. (laughs) Yes. And then all that leads up to you actually getting in the plane. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of people think that by them just saying yes to their leap, that they're leaping. And I'm like, no, that's, that's leaping is the fifth phase Mm. of this six phase process. And so what's the sixth phase? The sixth is implementing a feedback loop. And so, you know, it's really looking back and being like, okay, assessment, what's working, what's not working. And it's kind of something to help keep you aligned with that vision after you've really put it out into the world and making sure, because so like with my fashion brand, right? I got so far out of alignment with my vision that I was like not able to get back on path, on track. And so mm. there's ways that if you find if you feel yourself veering off a little bit, or even if you don't, but you have like a weekly check-in set in to your, your calendar, mm-hmm. you can be like, all right, what worked this week? What didn't work this week? What actions oh. did I take that produced results? What didn't? You know, it's so funny. It's like, I need a coach. I need a regular coach because I learn all of this stuff through all the different guests on the podcast. And you know this because you do the same thing, right? Yeah. But actually doing those check-ins for real, I'll do it for like t- a couple of weeks and then it ends. 
<laughs> I just get distracted by life. Yeah. You know, and then you end up just flowing. And so you may still get those whispers of like, oh, I need to deal with that. Oh, I need to deal with that. And then you just don't because everything's flowing. And there's other stuff happening too, simultaneously. So it's difficult to do those check-ins. Yeah, but it's so important. Like, you know, who knows what would have happened with my fashion brand, but with now, you know, my coaching, writing and speaking brand, I'm so committed to like, this is my life right now. And mm-hmm. yes, it might change in a few years. Who knows? Which is okay. But, Again, exactly. you know, pivoting but, is cool. Yeah. And I'm all about, I totally, totally believe in the pivot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, this is where I'm at. And I want to stay aligned with this right now. This feels really good to me. So I want to make sure that the energy I'm putting into my business is directly making an impact, which means that I need to assess every week what is the energy I'm putting in what impact is it making? What things could I have done this week that I was too scared to do? What things, what actions did I take that actually didn't feel good and didn't really produce great results? Cause I'm pretty sure I'm not going to do those again next week. Mm-hmm. And I it like kind that. of helps hone in your, your focus and your power too. I want to be directing my power towards things that matter and that things yeah. are going to create changes in the Mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. And there's so many more people um, that I've been kind of pulled into this circle who have that same mindset of wanting to live their purpose, to create something good for the world, you know, rather than just having like a regular day job and just living life for those physical trappings that you talked about earlier. I think about it sometimes. I'm like, what would life be like? (laughs) Yeah, I do too. I'm like, what would life be like if I had that house in the canyon that I want? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, what would life be like if I just literally didn't have all this responsibility on my shoulders? Right. And then I'm like, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) But things are perfectly the way they should be. Exactly. Um, Tell us about your six-month training. What is that all about? So that um, is... Uh, basically guiding people through these six phases. Mm. And so oh, so it's like month, a phase a month. Yeah, each, each month has a training module associated with each of the phases. And then uh, they get three or four live calls with me a month. So live group coaching calls where they get to talk about what's going on, get support, get feedback, get assistance, get coaching, help, all that stuff. And then there's like a Facebook group as well so that they can have in between calls, they can continue to have support from the community, from me, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So does this um, make the assumption that you could essentially make a major pivot pivot in your life within six months, meaning you help prepare yourself for it and then take that leap? Or is it something that might have to happen over a longer period of time, but this is just the six months of preparation? I think it depends on the person. You know, I, so personally, the book came to me in meditation in January, the end of January. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and you're already releasing this. Yeah. So it's amazing. I mean, so for me, it was like a nine month process. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and part of it was, I knew that I was writing it in June. And so I, you know, possibly could have written it sooner, but I, when I got the message and meditation, it was like, you're also leaving LA to write it in June. And I was like, okay. So my, I went to Seattle. I love Seattle. Yeah. I used to, well, I lived up in Olympia for seven years. Oh, right. So, um, it was nice. I house sit up there. In fact, I'm, I'm leaving again in three weeks to go house sit up there again. 
What a great city. Yeah, it's lovely. And because I have, I have friends up there from living up there and, uh, I'm very well taken care of when I go house sit, which is also very nice, That's especially awesome. for writing the book. I've like felt very held and very like supported. Hmm. <laughs> But yeah, and that's and it's cool to get into a brand new environment too when you're taking on a new creative project. So, yeah. but but I like this idea of it could take longer because what I'm thinking about when I ask that question is people who um, may not have the financial means to take a big leap if they're trying to start a new business or something, and they need to hold on to that day job or that part time job to get them through. And so there is a transition, yeah. and you still have to be rational. I mean, you can have the spiritual vision and get your to a place where you're, you know, working towards manifesting your dreams, but you also still need to be realistic at the same time. Yeah. And my whole thing too is like, people, I joke, I'm like, usually people start working with me and they quit their jobs. And that's not like, that's nothing. And you're I, like, stop. I, I don't tell you to do that. <laughs> or like, it's, it is what it is. It's fine. Right. But I, everyone's journey is unique. And mm-hmm. so one person might quit their job in month one and just figure it out. Another person might have a job through the entire six month training and for a year afterwards as they're continuing to build. Like you again, have to really know yourself. This is the other reason for having a morning practice. You have to know what works for you and you have to have that space in order to hear the guidance of like when it's time, you know? And, and I was concurrently building my fashion business while I had my day job. I think of my seven or eight years of having my fashion business, I was only one year without a day job. So yeah. I had it through the whole time. And I, would, I was lucky. I got to do things like cut down to four tens and then cut down to three 11-hour days and then cut mm-hmm. down to like four seven-hour days. And then, you know, like I manipulated my schedule enough that by the time I moved to LA, I was only working 10 hours a week. And that was my journey, right? But Mm -hmm. everyone's is different. So it's not like you have to, you know, enroll in this program and within six months quit your job and start a business. Like that's not, it's totally your path. And there's a lot of people, one of the women in the program right now is a nurse and she knows she doesn't want to be a nurse, but she doesn't know what's on the other side of that yet. And so she's just strengthening her practice, learning new tools, getting the skills she needs to prepare herself to figure it out. And she's actively mm-hmm. figuring it out, but she doesn't have an answer yet. I like that. I like hearing that because not everybody knows. No. And But there are people out there who think in a very systematic way. Like they don't understand how to relax into the spiritual side of things. They really don't. They need yeah. to have see the results daily and, and see it on paper kind of thing. And um, so it, you know, it must be very interesting for her, especially since she has no idea what her next phase of her life is going to be. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, a lot of the work I do with people like that is really opening up into the possibility that like, if you're craving something new, it's possible. Yeah. So, you may not know what that is right now, and that's okay. You don't need to know exactly how it's going to play out to right. know that you want something different. You and know, there's opening up to that. Tell me your opinion on that. Is there are some people who are very specific? They say that you have to be extremely specific in your vision, or else you won't manifest it. And that that worries me. I so, feel like that's a bit much. What's your view on that? I think it's a combination of both. I think you can manifest from that energy. I also think that that kind of energy can be very limiting because if you're, if you're telling the universe, I am 
only manifesting this thing and it has to look like this. It's, you're like, I say like the physical world is only five, really 5% of like what's available to us. Mm-hmm. So if you're so focused in the physical world on it looking a certain way, you're literally missing out on 95% of what's available to you. What if the universe wants to send you something infinitely greater that you can't see yet and you don't even right. know it's coming and you're blocking it because right. you're like, it has to look this way. Exactly. So, so I'm glad you said that. I say, you know, by all means, try and manifest that way. Try it. I mean, it's, it works for some people. I manifested my dream apartment that, that way, plus mm-hmm. or minus, right? Like I didn't, I wasn't super specific, but um, the way that I like to manifest is through feeling mm. and through really aligning yourself with how does it feel like you're manifesting your dream home? How does it feel every single day when you walk through that door? Because mm. that is going to be infinitely more important to you than, you know, how many bedrooms you have or how many right. bathrooms you have or, or what, I don't know, what are other specifics about houses. But like you get the idea of like the, the feelings that you feel, like we talked about earlier with, you know, rich people get rich and they're still not happy. Well, it's not about the money. It's not about the house. It's not about the car. It's not about the job. It's about how you feel right. in that. Right. And if you're not addressing the feelings, then you're missing out on the majority of the equation. And so I say, if you don't know what you want, figure out how you want to feel. Mm-hmm. And I love then that. let the universe show you because the universe knows. It already has the answers. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. And as you were talking, I was feeling how good it would be to walk through my living room of my dream home. And <laughs> and it was pretty awesome. Um, well, and the cool part about that too is that once you're in such deep alignment with that feeling, when it happens, you're going to know. And there's going to be no question oh, in yeah. your mind that that's it. When yeah. I walked into my apartment last year, I walked in and I was like, yep, this is it. Mm-hmm. And I, well, called, yeah. I called a friend and I was like, well, I'm crunching numbers. And she was like, screw numbers. Is that your dream home? And I was like, it's the home. It's the apartment I've been dreaming about since I was a little girl. Oh, wow. And uh, she was like, turn your ass around and go give them the deposit. And I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> you have good friends. You have yeah. some good friends around you. Yeah. Um, do you have a success story of a client or someone that you know that you worked with who took this whole process, this six month process, or the permission to leap phases, maybe not over six months, but over a longer period of time and really found that they met their true vision. Yeah. One of my, uh, a girl that started working with me last year, she was an occupational therapist and she thought that her, her whole business was all about, you know, occupational therapy and all this stuff. And in working with me, she uncovered the deeper layers that were underneath that. She found her why she figured out what was really important to her about occupational therapy. Because again, occupational therapy is just a thing. Like that's not the part that mattered. That's not why she got into it in the first place. She found out that she really, really is jazzed about helping people heal their chronic pain. And, you know, of course, our medical system tells us you can't heal chronic pain, but she knew that you can. And through working with me, and I didn't even actually know this until just recently, I'm like, wow, we were, it's been a year since we worked together. And I didn't even know that I helped her heal her chronic pain. And I, I like, what? That's, not, that's not what I do. I had zero clue that she was even in chronic pain. Um, but she 
now supports people in stepping into their future selves and healing their chronic pain. And she actually ended up shutting down her occupational therapy practice um, recently and is now 100% moving into this. She's doing coaching and she does still some ergonomics and stuff like that to support her clients. And she has a podcast and all sorts of other stuff. And she's totally, totally rocking it. And she's having a blast doing it. That's awesome. That is really awesome. Yeah, it, it's incredible to me whenever I hear a, a somebody share their journey on my show here is that it's always something that kind of happens. There's some sort of occurrence that is like the shining light that's like, oh, I need to go in this direction now. And that's what's cool about it. It's like it's almost like the universe has given you like a little push mm-hmm. in the direction that you need to be in order to meet your true purpose, why you're here. A lot of people don't even really think about that. They don't think about like, why am I really here? What am I here to accomplish? Yeah. And um, and I love how the universe just sometimes, if you're not paying attention, pushes you in that direction anyway. <laughs> well, that's, that's really like, yeah, I always joke that, like I said, the universe will whisper to you. It will tell you all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And if you get to a point where you're not listening and you refuse to hear it because you're too busy and you're not doing your morning practice, the universe will bust out a two by four and it will right. not be on your ass. And Absolutely. Half to listen to it. Then you won't have a choice anymore. So along with um, the me quitting my fashion brand from that meditation, three days prior to that, I totaled my car. Oh. Yeah. I've always had this weird thing where I feel like whenever an accident happens, even if it's a fender bender or something bigger, that means a big change is coming. I don't know why I've always made that association because that's when it's happened for me. It was definitely, and I talk about this in the book too, the universal double check moment where I was like, I can keep playing by the rules of my physical world and like let that really define and tell me who I am and how I'm failing miserably at my life right now. Mm-hmm. Or I, this is really an opening and an opportunity for me to try something new. Yeah. And so with no income, uh, Brandly brandly new totaled car that I had, you know, didn't have a car payment for years and now was getting a car payment. Ugh. I also signed into a $25,000 coaching package that same week. Yo. And was like, I have no idea how any of this is going to play out. Like, no That's like clue. an easy way for you to like overwhelm yourself and like, <laughs> you know, I, and I crash. I almost, well, that's the signing the coaching contract happened and then the car accident happened and then the quitting of the fashion business happened. Wow. And um, luckily I was pretty tuned in. And the second the car accident happened, I was like, I need to cancel my coaching package. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? I'm like, I haven't even put my car in park yet. Shouldn't my first initial thought be like, am I okay? Mm -hmm. Is the other guy okay? No, I like pushed myself so far out of my comfort zone that I had to manifest a car accident in order to try and get me out of this coaching contract. I'm like, interesting. So I'm like, now I really get the opportunity to stand in my faith. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Be like, no, I see you. I see this. And I'm still choosing to be outside my comfort zone. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. There are probably people out there listening who are like, what <laughs> was she talking about? Um, but it, it, when that, these things happen, it, it, it's just unique to you. You'll get it. You'll understand when you're getting a message, you know. And it's usually like I've had a few. I write about another one in the book right before I was moving to L.A. where I was like, oh, my God, this is a sign. I'm not supposed to move to L.A. 
And it's always, there's always a double check moment right before your vision starts making its way mm. into the world where the universe is like, you can still back out. This has not yet manifested. <laughs> so that's kind of good to know, like that double check moment that that comes to you um, because that keeps happening to me. Like every time I'm ready to quit something, then if I follow through with it anyway, it ends up being amazing. Mm-hmm. But there's always that moment where I'm like, I can't do this. And I'm ready to just be like, you know, throw in the towel. I'm it just happened to me recently. This week. Okay. All right. Like so. With the book. So my book, it's, it's launching on Tuesday. And this week, all week, I've been like, who cares? Like literally no one's going to read this. Mm. Who, no one cares about this book. Like no one, no one gives a shit. Like why are you even trying? What are you doing? And uh, I had a girlfriend today text me from out of the blue and she said, I just wanted to say, I'm really proud of you. Go you. And I was like, <laughs> you. I've needed to hear that. And I've been having a, you know, who, who cares about this damn book that, you know, and she yeah. was like, we care. Okay. So knowing that you yourself, the person who coaches other people through these tough moments, right? What were you saying to yourself? Were you like, no, that's you just having that double check moment? A little bit. I've been giving myself a lot of space because, you know, writing a 55,000 word book in under nine months. I mean, I wrote the majority of it in three weeks, but with the entire process, it was about nine months. Mm -hmm. And like, I have just essentially birthed a massive baby, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm like purposely child free. I like do not want children, but, yeah. but I'm still, I still birth, like I still bring to life all these things. And mm -hmm. Um, I get know, that. It's a massive change and it's right. It's always at the moment right before it hits the physical world. And it's just something I have to give myself space and, and give myself loads of compassion about like, you've just done a, you've taken on a massive undertaking. Yeah. And so this week, this weekend too, lots of Netflix, lots of tea. Lots of <laughs> Stranger things, I hope. Uh, I haven't watched that yet. Oh, you, you got to do it, Brie. I know. You got to do it. I, know I, <laughs> I don't know how old you are, but like I, <laughs> I, I know that 83. So it's okay. definitely my time. You'll dig it. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you were very small in the eighties, but, <laughs> um, but you'll still get it. You'll get it. It's, it's yeah. so great. So great. But anyway, I feel you on the, like, let's just give myself some space here, you know, and, and permission and, to cry. And, you know, I had a, a talk with a girlfriend yesterday and we got on Skype and just, I just cried and just was witnessed in that. And she, you know, mm -hmm. she's a great friend. She's able to hold space for me without trying to fix me. Oh, and, I love those uh, friends. Yeah. And just like really giving my heart time to like kind of process and deal with whatever emotions are coming up and be angry and, and frustrated and impatient and full of love and joy and passion and all of the things. It's, yeah, it's, that make us who we are because we're not one note people. And I've said that a billion different times. And, um, and what a great friend. Again, you have a lot of wonderful people around you. And um, that's, I think, a big part in, in you being such a great success too, wouldn't you say? I definitely think so. There's, I've been putting together like um, my list of all the things um, that I've learned during launching a book in 90 days. And one of the things was like, you can't do it alone. There are a lot of things you can't do alone, which was a big eye opener for me too. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, one, I have a full team around me for this launch. I have three interns. I have two marketing guys. I have another publicist who's helping me out and, I, you know, like a VA. And like I've had, I have all these people around me helping me with this. And mm -hmm. 
I also have like two or three different mastermind groups that I'm a part of where I just get to show up and just be like, oh, like, this is so frustrating. And then everybody else is like, I know. Yeah. Or like I I mailed out all my books this week to all my pre-orders. They literally are sitting on my counter. They all got returned to me because they're not large envelopes. Apparently they're packages, even though they're envelopes. And I'm like, (laughs) I had a moment yesterday where I was like, ah. (laughs) I get it. When I first launched the podcast, I got these coffee cups made and the first shipment was all cracked. (laughs) I was like, bastards. So I I know that feeling. And it's almost like, in my mind, when stuff like that happens, I I just kind of laugh nowadays. Like in the past, I would have freaked out. Um, And I think I did freak out slightly about the cups. But um, but nowadays, I kind of laugh because I'm like, all right, universe, is this a little joke? to see if I'm really serious about this. Well, I thought the same thing about my books yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was like, nope, I'm serious. I am going back to the post <laughs> office. I'm doing all of the things. These books are going in yeah. the mail. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Get those books out. Yeah. Um, and everybody out there listening, by the way, you better order one of Bree's books. I'm going to provide the link. It's on amazon.com. Is that the best place to get it, Bree? Can they also get it off your website? Um, my website will direct them back to Amazon. Okay. So, uh, okay. Yeah. So it's, I'll provide the link to your website as well as to Amazon in case people want to just go directly there. Cool. Yes. And your podcast as well. Yes. Uh, my podcast is aptly named Permission to Leap as well. <laughs> the book, I love the it. podcast, the training, all very hey, You've got consistent, branded. yes, consistent branding. I love yep. it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I love it. Everybody out there listening, um, Ms. Bree Seely is can be found at com, and uh, all the other links I'll give you. Any final thoughts, Bree? No, I just I wanted to say thank you for holding the space and and having the nothing off limits conversation because I think it's really important. You know, there's a lot of entrepreneurial jargon out there about what success looks like and how it only looks a certain way. And mm-hmm. from my experience, it's messy. And if we're not having the conversations about the entire, the entire spectrum of what it looks like to be an entrepreneur, then we're failing the wannabe entrepreneurs out there. And I love that. Thank you for holding space for entrepreneurs and everyone to talk about the entire aspect of being on this journey. Heck yes, absolutely. And you nailed it. Um, nothing is off limits Yay. here on this show. And I would love to have you back. And we definitely need to get together. Yes. 7 a.m. is a little early for me to be walking. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we'll figure I'm, something out. I've been up at 5 a.m. with the time change every morning. Oh, God. Like, All right. But I am intrigued by the morning practice and, um, and would love to find some sort of routine for myself. And I definitely want to get to know you better. So let's do that. And I mean it. Um, Everybody out there, BreeSeely.com. Please connect with her online today. Bree, thanks again. Thank you. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.